Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 103. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and on this week's episode, the first episode, since the Indians technically showed up in the playoffs, we'll be discussing the brand new Indian uniform options, quote-unquote, some Indians trades that they pulled off recently, the Yankees trading for James Paxton, which involves a former Indians prospect, talk about Carlos Santana being shot by the Phillies, and of course, Wensley, your questions. Joining me for all that and more is none other than Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt? How you doing? I'm fantastic, Matthew. It's good to be back. Um, can only be, pretend to be a cowboy for so long before you have to start talking baseball again, I guess. I don't think I've achieved that limit yet, <laughs> but I'm sure of another a month or so of, you know, fishing on Lake Flatiron and riding around the Grizzlies and I'll be fully ready to commentary on baseball more. But, you know, we'll get there. I kind of wish you would have just left it at pretending to be a cowboy and not given enough context. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I just pretended to be a cowboy for the last month. Yeah, you know, riding the open plains of Chicago. Where I live in DC, first of all, so it's even weirder. Oh, uh, where wearing big hats, you know, <laughs> tall boots and whatnot, clomping around. Howdy, partner. Hey, Mister. You know the whole, the whole the whole thing. Who was a good boy? Hey, girl. I, I ride a female horse. I'll have you know. <laughs> well, he calls everybody boy. Boy, boy. All the dogs, everything. I love those dogs. I'm not even going to say the name of the game. <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about. It's just going to be a really weird intro. That's fine. Um, I love petting pet dogs, though. Months. When they wag their tails so much, it's great. You know, the worst is when, like, because I just like robbing people. So I go to um, oh, really? like the ranches and stuff. And the worst is if the dog attacks after you after you start robbing and shooting people. So I usually mm-hmm. just try to get loot real quick and then get on my horse and run away. So I'll just shoot the oh, dog. Oh, really? But, I, anyway. I, I, I'm, I'm we're talk about a video game. I, I feel like I have to say that now. Um. I'm, I'm I'm more of a good boy, so I don't I don't rob anyone ever except when they deserve some robbing, like a bank or something. You know, <laughs> there's no way to segue this into uniforms, but uh, no, the Indians Let's do it. they have a new uniform. Speaking of robbery, the Indians have nice. robbed us of navy away jerseys with Indians on the front. Yeah, what there the hell? Go. I just noticed that. By the way, <laughs> I, 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 after looking at this stuff, what the hell? Oh God. Yeah, so they're new uniforms that nobody knows somehow. Um, Chief Wahoo is gone. He's been replaced by a giant guitar. Um, the red jersey. That's, that's the literal what's been replaced by what, Merritt. I'm just. <laughs> it's like a giant guitar. It's obnoxious. Um, I mean, I didn't love Chief Wahoo, obviously, but the guitar is just so gross and big on the side. And it's somebody mentioned that it was tacky. That's the perfect word for it. Just to have the all-star patch all season long on that arm is just the worst. If they win the World Series this year and we're, we're stuck forever with celebrating pictures of that stupid guitar on their arm, I'm going to be really upset. I mean, so that's the first part of the uniform we can talk about. How do you feel about that? I mean, I think it works as an all star thing, but I don't like having it everywhere. It's also on the hats, too, which is really I, I don't think. All right. First of all, I think that if they win the World Series, great. Second of all, I don't think that they're going <laughs> to wear those uniforms in the World Series, would they? I, that's their their patch. That's like the equivalent of last year having Wahoo on the arm patch. That's not like a special thing. No, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. First of all, it's a little ridiculous Even, that they're um, <laughs> w- going the, the whole wearing the the, the All Star patch for the team hosting the All Star game seems a little ridiculous to me because I don't know, were the Nationals doing that this past year. I don't even remember that, and I went to a bunch no, of games. I don't think they were. I, I guess it's a big deal for the Indians. This is the first time since what ninety seven, six, whatever it was, um, Something like that. Well, they're they're saying it is, but it's really just a way. It was also reported that it's just a way for them to buy time before they find a way to replace Chief Wahoo, which that is seems kind crazy of crazy lazy. You had so much time. That is a huge dumb guitar. Isn't it? 
<laughs> I think it's a neat All Star logo just on its own, but no. putting it on uniform. Oh, without just a doubt. Big, well, I mean, it's 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 hideous thing. It's a logo that you can't wear on anything. Like it's a logo for the right. top of a, of a of a press release or something like that. Like I don't know where else you'd see that. You know what I mean? Uh, it's you know it's yeah. asymmetrical. So that that in of itself is is visually unsatisfying. It's big and dumb on the shirt, which is. <laughs> Also visually unsatisfying. It's garish. God, good lord! How much do you think that thing? How much thread is that? It's got to be a pound of thread <laughs> just on the arm there. Great. Now the Indians players are going to have an offensive slump across the board because they're swinging extra weight because <laughs> their arm is all weighed down by the guitar. By this big ridiculous uh, guitar. It's just weird to me that they had all this time. They knew even before this year they had to know that the end was coming and they they've still known did for nothing. a decade at least a decade the end had to come <laughs> right. eventually hire someone anyone get any idea at all how many how many different fans have created an idea for chief why that, that the indians could have gotten for i don't know season tickets the the, <laughs> the actual cost of what two thousand dollars i don't even know what season tickets cost to tell you the truth but anything a, a visit to the owner's box so you could yell at the dolans for some reason uh, <laughs> any number of things you could offer just any fan it who happened to draw a thing one day on the back of their binder and it looks cool and then it could be the logo for the Indians for the next 25 or 30 years and they can sign it away all they want and instead all we end up with is the, the worst logo they've had not counting things that may be construed as racist ever Wait, it's, it's bad it has nothing to do with I mean it Tangentially related to Cleveland because they have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I get, yeah. That's like all the Indians want to acknowledge for Cleveland, <laughs> which seems listen, weird. All right. I'm not from Ohio. I root for this team for some reason. It's a long, drawn-out reason, admittedly. Um, but there must be something else about Northeastern Ohio besides the baseball team and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Something non-sports related that you can draw some inspiration from. Anything at all. I mean, I know we all... We, we we always see the thing about the Cleveland defenders. Not that, obviously. Uh, anything, though. The Indians doesn't make any, any real sense uh, when you think about anything. But then again, the Washington Redskins name makes no sense either. It, if anything, it may be doubly offensive because it's it's the team within the District of Columbia. Uh the team, you know, the place that, that, that was the center of subjugation of the of, of the Native American people. But. I don't know. Yeah, like you said, they've had ages to come up with anything. And while I don't mind the, lo- the logo to host the All-Star game, because outside of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Drew Carey, LeBron James, who left, and what's another thing? I don't even know. What is Northeastern Ohio known for, you know? so. And the worst part to me is that they're just dragging out <clears throat> everything Chief Wahoo for so long. Because yes. we had to talk about it when they first announced he would be gone. They gave it the year... I don't know, just a year for him to stick around for no reason. And now this year, we're going to have it at the end of the year again, where they're going to have to replace the logo with something else. Mm-hmm. So just imagine a world where like two years ago after the World Series, they just say, that's it. We're done. No more Chief Wahoo. We're probably not even talking about it anymore at this point. You know what? They sh- There's going to be mean, some people who are really pissed off. We'll see mm-hmm. sparkly Wahoos in Facebook comments. But for the most part, we'll have a new logo on the shoulder, even if it's just the block C, and then everybody will forget about it already. But they're dragging it out so long. Yes. No, they, I mean, they, they really and truly are. And I think and we, I think we all know, and we all agree, the smartest thing to do would have been to just stop talking about it. I just don't have right. it anymore. And I don't think anyone would have noticed until May, quite honestly, because they have enough <laughs> uniforms where people are like, it eventually would have caught on. But yeah, I, 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 I figure by May 10th or something, someone would be like, you know, I haven't seen Wahoo in a while. Oh my God! And then they would, and there would run articles about it for a week. Uh, the the yeah. team could just not address it, and then I mean, you know, you don't have to answer questions. Just say these are the uniform sets we have, and what about Chief Wild? Well, these are the uniform sets we have, and go on from there. But instead, they like you said, they announced it. Um, I think there was cynically, I like, to, I like to think that they did that for one last huge burst of Wahoo merchandise sold, being sold. Oh, of course, yeah. which is very smart. Um. And then we end up with this. And uh, now, we talked about this a bit, a bit before the uh, before we started recording. And my, I looked at this. I looked at these uniforms half an oh, hour wow. ago for the first time. Uh, and I'm sitting next to my wife, and I had a 
within a split second, I had this this double reaction. The first was, ooh, cool, red, like the 1970s jerseys. <laughs> and then I thought to myself, oh, God, no, they're the Twins. And the reason I thought this is the Twins brought out their red jerseys. The Twins also, in the late 2000s, for those who may or may not remember, were built unsettlingly like this Twins team, or this Indians team, at two all-star caliber players, great players in Justin Morneau and uh, Joe Maurer, and then a good pitching staff. Now, it's not an exact through line, but things are becoming all too similar, all too quickly, and... It makes me very uncomfortable, and I'm wondering. I really hate you, everything about that theory, but it's. I so know true. It, it's it's a <laughs> dreadful theory, and, and all right. And the other thing that's really making it come even more true. Say what you will about Chief Wahoo and that whole logo. At least it was overly remarkable, and you knew who it was. The what team it was the second you saw it. The Black Sea, like just like everything about the Minnesota Twins, may be the most anodyne idea in the history of logos. It's, there's just nothing to it. And so in moving that direction, you're only drawing yourself more like those team, that team from the twin cities, because again, everyone on that team looks exactly the same, even if they're, I don't know, Dominican or whatever, black, white, all of them, they're all just the same exact player over and over and over. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that, Michael Kadire has been on that team for 15 years. I know he hasn't even been on the team in a long time, but it's like they compressed him and turned him into Brian Dozier. It's crazy. It's all just similar annoying players, yeah. No, they're just they, – they've, they've, they've had a template for the longest time, and they're all just the same man over and over and over. And even now that Joe Maurer, ultimate twin man, has retired, which I will miss, by the way. I will miss Joe Maurer. And you know the sad part? If, if we're making this comparison, Joe Maurer is obviously Francisco Lindor. They're not going to get Lindor for his whole career. That's no, just not no. going to happen. The He's only- going to make a ton of money somewhere. So if this is an exact one-to-one, this window is going to be a lot shorter than theirs was. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, admittedly, the Twins was silenced by his weird bilateral leg weakness in, what was that, 2011? <laughs> 2010? Yeah. Something like that. Bilateral leg weakness. Love it. That was, yeah, after the 2020. General I, Soreness was another one he had at one point. Yes. Yeah, General well, he I suffered somebody from- made that into a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had the bilateral leg weakness to start the 2010 season, and then later in the season, I believe he was set by, yes, general soreness. Uh, now, admittedly, again, I, I do like these red jerseys. I really do. But it's because I like the 1970s pullover jerseys way, way more. They had a better oh, logo. And, they yeah. were better in every single way. The red pants, for God's sake. <laughs> those those uniforms are ruled. One of my biggest problems with MLB The Show is that they don't have the red pants to go with the red shirts from the throwbacks. So, big problem. I don't know why they need to go back to that. Yeah, the, the Hatchet C logo, as I've heard it called. That's a good logo. That's eye-catching. And, you know, j- just like... I mean, I, I know that the Black C is un- used by anyone else, but, like, it's not at all remarkable. Like, the, the Cubs C is quite, quite as iconic. The Cincinnati C... Um, What's other C? Well, there are others use the block C, right? I swear I've seen that like in blue, right? What other team is that? There is another team that uses it. Um, like it's the exact same C and it's blue and it's a college team, but I can't remember which one. If anybody knows and you're listening, well, did you also know that Cornell College uses the same exact logo as the Chicago Bears? Does it? Yeah, it actually. Uh, it's a C. Oh. George Hallis bought the logo from Cornell College so that he could use it for the Bears back in the. So there's your random. Uh, Sorry, my cat's trying to get out. There you go. That's your random Midwest Conference knowledge for, for the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the thing I want to talk about with these is not that they're the twins. Not that Chief Wah has been, been placed by guitar. Not that the bright red jerseys are kind of awesome and I like them. Um, it's that they de- debuted this this headless, my beautiful headless son. Mm-hmm. I call him Steven. Mm-hmm. I don't, it, this is the thing that like caught my eye the most. I don't know why, but like they have a mannequin. Big, huge, ripped arms. Shredded. I'm sure he has rippling abs. Like goddamn lettuce, <laughs> this man is. <laughs> He's absolutely jacked. No head whatsoever. It's just torso, completely ripped biceps, hat, and it's the most ridiculous looking thing in the world. And I want them to just put that on the field somehow. Like put it on the back of the cart that nobody uses. That bullpen cart. Just drive him around before every game. Mm-hmm. He's my favorite thing about this whole reveal. 
Uh, the jerseys are great. Right. They're fine. Now, I need to ask you this very specific and weird question. When they put <laughs> him in the bullpen car, he won't be sitting down, right? He'll no, still, no. He'll still be propped up sitting up, right? No, no, man. <laughs> Just not in. On top of? On. Oh, I was thinking he'd, be, he'd be sitting in the passenger seat, but still, you know, like erect, you know, still standing <laughs> up and kind of cockeyed. You do not put my Steven in the bullpen cart. He right. rides the top of that cart like a majestic lion. He is going to be straight up 180 degrees, 90 degrees, whatever that is, straight up and down, riding around that bullpen cart. Nobody great, uses the thing. A lot of great comments on this. Um, on the, uh, the, we just released our New Jersey thing by the Indians. Hmm, a lot of great comments. I'm sure there's great comments. <laughs> How many of them are a picture of Chief Wahoo that sparkles? Not, I haven't seen one yet. There's one that's, that's really a, a surprisingly offensive, and it just says, <laughs> Chief Wahoo's life matters. <laughs> so, it's a picture of him. Are there's people saying, like, it. there's no reason to watch the team anymore because they don't have the logo. That's ridiculous. You're all there's, ridiculous. There's a really dope picture of Bauer pitching, wearing the, the 70s throwbacks, though, with the, the, the gray pants with the red, white, and blue pinstriping on the side. And he's wearing his high-ass oh, yeah. socks. Mm. And that's a look. Yeah. Now, how do we feel about the the script Indians being off the navy blue jerseys on a way? Oh, that's I hideous. like those. I don't like the block C. No, I don't like or the, I mean the block lettering. The only I love way, the gray jerseys with the block lettering. but The only way the black lettering worked was because it was a gray jersey. And so it, was, it just looked like you were wearing something that was created in, I don't know, 1927 or something like that. Now it just looks bad. Yeah. I don't like it at all. It looks very in Boston Red Soxy. It's like the exact their look, and I don't like it. I mean, there's like NPC names here. There's a thing that says audience booze and videotape of, I don't know. People seem to be very upset about this. At least they have feelings. <laughs> Are you still looking at comments? Oh, of course. Never look at the comments. Always look <laughs> at the comments. Never. Every now and then I do it on my own articles, and I either feel great for the day or terrible. It's, it's really a great way to fuck up my day very quickly, <laughs> one way or the other, positively or negatively. You can really, I can really ruin or make myself feel great. Well, if you write about this twins thing, I think you're going to have a bad time for a week. But, but it is a really good comparison, so I want to see it in text form. I guess all I'll, I'll put it together. I'll, I'll slam be something out before I cruise up the East Coast. <laughs> I'm going to be the first one with a negative comment. Just a simple fuck you in the comments. Hey, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> they're I mean, nothing I, like the twins i'm gonna create a new i'm gonna create a, a burner account on what uh, let's go try just to insult my own articles you fucking idiot what's sparkly wahoo got him again uh that's good. oh the sparkly wahoo thing i don't think i've ever said on the podcast so it's it seems like there's this weird phenomenon where on facebook if a post gets some certain point somebody always shows up with like a sparkly gif of chief wahoo which I don't get. I get if you want to support the logo and all that, but why sparkles? It's like those MySpace template graphics where they just sparkle for no reason, and people always post it, and I don't get it. Well, because he's shining, so because weird. he's ascending into heaven, now that he's dead. <laughs> and it's always only when a post gets popular, so it must reach like a certain demographic outside of right. our normal followers who are like, this needs a sparkly chief walk. Well, you know you know what's really zazz this up, guys? Now, also, you know what I'm going to get you for Christmas? is a sparkling chief wahoo ornament for your for your tree. Yes. Well, yes, it wouldn't be too bad. It would just kind of twinkle in the lights, you know? It would be very nice. The kids will love it. They'll love the sparkling Chief Wahooness. Believe it or not, the Indians actually did things um, besides unveil an amazing headless torso of a man. Uh, back on November 14th, they traded for Jordan Luplo from the, the Pirates. He's an outfielder and also Max Moroff. Moroff? I guess probably Moroff from the Pirates. For Eric Gonzalez, and then I have no clue who these other two are. No. Tanaj Thomas and Dante Mendoza. Names before, never will again is the thing. <laughs> I, I, I said to myself, don't know, never will. Moving on with my day. Yeah. yeah. Gonzalez is obviously the biggest one there. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. He was pretty, he's a utility player. He was a backup. He seems like the peak Terry Francona guy, um, but actually sort of effective, unlike Marco, Michael Martinez. So, what do you think of this trade? The Indians got not exactly an all star outfielder, but they got one who's 26 hit pretty well last year by all accounts he's just a guy looking for a spot so i mean given what the indians outfield is right now he's gonna have a spot so maybe this is another lightning in a bottle thing they got i mean and i I talked about this actually uh last thursday or something like that some some day late last week when i was on real person radio on uh whatever toledo's radio station is Uh, and as i said there and as fangraphs commented too i mean it's basically just as Fangraphs very succinctly put it, Indians, comma, uh, 
who they trade with the Pirates, right? Yeah. Pirates trade surplus big leaguers. And that's really what it is. I mean, neither yeah, of them have space for the other one or for the players they're trading. So you might as well try and turn it into something new. Eric Gonzalez, in very limited time, didn't put up bad numbers this year. So you can, I mean, and I'm sure I've written articles on both sides of this. You can tell whatever story you want to with 143 plate appearances, you know? You can say, oh, well, this is this was the real Eric Gonzalez, so who knows? Same thing with um, Luplo and, and, to a lesser extent, Moroff. Luplo, I think, is the quote-unquote keystone of the trade. He's the one who, you know, he was once a pretty good prospect for them, and he's um, he hit pretty well in the minors. He did not hit well in the majors. Like you said, maybe it's something. We've seen the Indians turn a player like an Eric Gonzalez type of player into something amazing seemingly several times. Um, I I guess Vinny Pastana was a little bit of higher quality than uh, Eric Gonzalez. So was was it Jake Westbrook that ended up bringing back uh, Corey Kluber? Or was that Ryan Ludwig? That was Westbrook. What? Wasn't it? No, I thought it was Ludwig. I'm almost positive. I don't know. But either way, yeah, they got Corey Kluber and turned him into something Somebody amazing. say – this is like these are these are just trades that they've made through the years that have turned i mean it wasn't really supposed to go this way but michael brantley was the player to be named later in the uh cc sabathia deal if it had gone a different way maybe the indians would have won a world series and been able to afford other players and that's when other money in Encarnacion. who's to say yeah i think it's interesting the way the indians are going about um, filling a major hole in their farm system is not their, they're not trading a bunch of prospects for like one big outfielder now. I mean, remember last year they got Oscar Mercado too from the Cardinals. Oh, yeah. So they got all these guys who are like the equivalent of players they could have drafted but didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're almost ready for the majors, but they're still prospects. So I think it's neat how they're just like, they're just boosting their farm with other prospects. And which I think, is kind of, and, and part of it has to be too that they have a belief in their own, in their own ability to develop players, which is, Founded in reality, they've they've turned a lot of players. Uh, one guy who obviously we'll get to a little bit, uh, like Jose Ramirez, from from literally yeah. ghost into one of the best players in Indians history over a single year. Um, so yeah, I, I, one would assume they just have faith in their, in their development capabilities because that's where you know small market teams are able to spend money to make a difference. You can't spend it on the free agency market. You can't spend it in a lot of ways. But you can spend it in the ways that are cheap to still make players better. And until the, you know, the market fixes itself, minor league players are cheap. It's not right. It's not good, but it is right now. And the Indians can take advantage of it. So, and I, and I think we can both agree. The Indians do have a, have a good track record of of developing great pitching and at least pretty good hitting throughout the, uh, their minor league system. I think, don't you think, what do you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just look at the team now the way it is. If, if they didn't draft him, they were really good at trading for him yeah. really early on. You can even include Jan Gomes in that. I mean, he, he debuted for the Blue Jays, but he still wasn't like yeah. a veteran they got. He's another one they got who was – they're getting these guys who are like bubbling towards Major League ready and they just turn them into something amazing every time. And yeah. They're just casting a really wide net, which I think is smart for – Oh, yeah, exactly. They're obviously trying to cut costs without rebuilding. That's the way to do it, I think. And I mean, you know, it's it, it's it is nice that they're going because yeah, I, I remember I read that book um, that uh, Tom Hamilton wrote with Terry Pluto a, a year or so ago, just about like the first few seasons at Jacobs Field, and uh, just, just how they were kind of chasing the dragon towards the end of the run. There, you know, they were trading away their big prospects for now guys and things like that, and they're kind of doing the opposite now because they they do have the core still that even though we've talked about it time and again throughout even just this, this short off season, it's getting more expensive to, it's going to get more expensive very quickly to hold on to these guys rather than trying to grab that one piece that'll fit in there. They're trying to at least extend the window because as we've seen time again and again, it does, you know, the, the postseason can be kind of a crapshoot. Although at the same time, having said that the two teams that played in the world series this year were the two richest teams in baseball uh, or the two highest salaries, salaries in baseball last year it was who the astros yeah astros and the dodgers you know a team that spent a lot of money another one that you know went hard the other in in, in a you know into a hard rebuild time before that etc 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 so 
No, it, it's a definitely a more sustainable way of at least maintaining a very quality team for an extended period of time. And I can't decide, like, let's say the Indians just are in the playoffs for the next eight years. How do I feel about that? I don't know. Do they win a World Series? Who's to say? I don't know. I don't know. How, I mean, how do they got bounced in like the first round for the next eight years straight? How would you feel about that? Oh, God. After this year? Like, I don't want to get to the point where it was like with the Cavs, where it was the regular season. And then this year for the Indians, too, where the regular season was completely pointless and the playoffs are fun. I think if they're going to be in it for eight years like that, I would want the division to be better. You if I can at least have like exciting baseball that sort of matters in the regular season, mm-hmm. fine. I mean, I want you know a World Series either way, but. Because I'm a Miami Heat fan, and so I got to enjoy a very similar LeBron James time. Everyone agrees that LeBron James time is a great time for a team, right? <laughs> They're pretty good, uh, yeah. But they also had a Dwayne Wade, who I love, and also Chris Bosh, and also everybody hated them. And no one really hated the Cavs, I don't think. And I think that hatred really made for the regular season to be a lot more fun. Because who's the arch rival of the, uh, who was the arch rival of the Cavaliers? Well, the Golden State Warriors, I guess. An unbeatable juggernaut that, that no one was ever going to knock off. As opposed to, you know, the Heat, it was, I guess the Bulls were just a mean team. They were a lot of fun to play against. Or the Pacers, same idea. So, I guess having something, uh, that's apropos of literally nothing. I guess what's more fun than, than what the Cavs had is having more talent and being dicks. So everybody hates you, you become the villain. <laughs> so I guess what we need to figure yes. out is how you pull that off in baseball, is becoming a villain team. And... Maybe you can't do it. But back to your point, yes. I would very much like for these games to actually matter. And considering, I don't know, at what point did you did you realize the division was knotted up? What game do you think? Two. Game two? <laughs> there, was, there was never a point this year where I thought anybody had a chance. Are you kidding? Six and five. Six to five. I was a they, little nervous. <laughs> I would say. I wasn't at all. I mean, I was a little on edge because I think the White Sox got off to a really hot start and they were hitting the ball real hard. Um, I mean, I guess they had that. God, the Indians were so shitty this year. They were just a mediocre team. Especially early on. Remember how awful they were when it was cold weather out? And were, it was just either pop-ups or strikeouts every time. It was miserable. April, they were 15 and 12. And then, and they still had a lead in the division, didn't they? Oh, definitely. Yeah, they were. Yeah. You know, uh, when was the last time they weren't in the lead? I think it was a days in first, one hundred and forty nine. Last on Sunday, thirtieth. <laughs> blah blah blah. Furthest behind was Saturday, April seventh. For... Good <laughs> lord! So a uh, whole week into the season, they were back by the slightest margin. <laughs> they were a game and a half back <laughs> on Saturday, April seventh. And then in their worst month of the season, they were still able to steamroll ahead and take the lead. That's how miserable it was. I mean, the White Sox are pretty close. The Twins, if they can bounce back from whatever the hell that was, they're not bad. The Tigers and Royals are a dumpster fire for several I, years I, now. But. I, I, the White Sox need a pitching staff or they need I – I, I, I'm actually worried they might pull, they, they might pull Machado. That'd be cool. I, I wouldn't mind like having an Indians-White Sox rivalry for the next few years. I mean, either, man. Of, of all the teams in the entire division that – I can tolerate the White Sox are definitely the one. I, they have the best announcing team, I think, in baseball right now. In uh, are you including Hawk Harrelson in that? He's retired, or did so, he retire? Oh, okay. oh, yeah, definitely. Not. They're good. No, though. they have um, <laughs> Jason Coletti. I think his name is. Yeah. I don't know. He well, he, he he did. He was. It's the guy who did the play by play when MLB or MLB TV did their uh, Statcast broadcast. And oh yeah, he was yeah. the play by play guy for that. And then um, what's his name? Who, who's the color guy on a? Uh, no clue. Anyway, I they, only have, watch the they have a great they have a, they have a great broadcast uh, TV broadcast. Their yeah. radio broadcast is utter trash. But um, <laughs> if you could combine the two, I think the com, com, between the Indians and the uh, White Sox, you have the best bro- possible broadcast in all of baseball. Although, really, I guess that's just the, the Giants at that point, huh? Yeah, I like the Giants. I don't. I don't know. For me, it's just all about what their voice sounds like. I don't really listen to what they say when they talk very much. They're just like a droning background noise. That's all I really need. That's fair, but it's, it seems weird. Watch. Like, I know some people watch with like the volume turned down and music on, but that's weird to me. That is very. I weird. just like having the narration, even if I don't care what they say. No, I know, but having a guy who's actually comment commenting on how baseball is played in the modern day is actually nice, as opposed to them. 
I don't know. Just being Rick Manning, I guess. I love Rick Manning. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get that right out there. I love him very much, but good Lord. I just don't want somebody who's grumpy. I think at least a lot of times Rick yeah. Manning doesn't actively disparage the game. He's extremely old-fashioned, and he might say it, but he's never like, this sucks. Right. He's That's not, he's not basically, he's not, what's his name, John Smoltz. Who I've been right. really listening oh, to all year until the whole series, and I was like, "This is not good. This is not good broadcast. Wow. <laughs> this is not good. This is very bad." I, 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 how can you get rid of Tim McCarver and have the quality go down? It's incredible. <laughs> Simply incredible. Um, we're getting off topic. Where were we, Matt? Draw us back on topic. Another trade today, November nineteenth. Indians acquired Chihui. Oh man, Chihui who? I guess I think um, from the Rays in exchange for Gianti Turner, a twenty eighteen draft pick. This is another one that's a huge trading basically nothing for a guy who's almost ready for the majors. Yes. Um, who is going to be like a he's a long reliever kind of guy in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly what the Indians need, and they got him for just some guy they drafted late at the draft. Which to his to his credit, Turner was good this year and he turned a lot of heads, but he wasn't he's not gonna help the Indians for a long time. So it's basically who cares. Right. It's like the equivalent of the Nathan Lukes for Brandon Geyer trade almost. Um, I say that every day. I really like so many things in my life. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> what you say? This is like the the Nathan Luke's for Brandon yeah, Geyer trade. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ever get a good deal at McDonald's? Like this is just like Nathan Luke's for Brandon Geyer. <laughs> the Geyer it's trade. Like, Sir, Sir, please go. Line, please pick up your. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Brandon Geyer hits right pen and pitchers like Mike Trout? <laughs> Sir, please. I am going to call the police. You have been in here for an hour telling every customer that please eat your cheeseburger and go. Yes, I know Brandon Geyer draws a lot of walks, sir. Yes, sir. He gets hit by the baseball quite a bit. We know. Thank you. Please move along. But yeah, this is a great trade. I like this. Even if it's nothing. I mean, who cares? They traded Gianti Turner. But this guy, I think, is another reliever they could, or a reliever they could have that's good in the bullpen for a while. And, and hey, you know, a year or two ago, I'd be, I'd be real jacked about this because I would think to myself, oh my God, this who guy is going to be the next... Mark Zepchinski or Herbie uh, Yates. Um, I don't know, Jeff Manship, but I don't know. The the, the whole yeah, they kind of lost some of that magic last year, didn't they? They didn't turn nobody into something great. It's kind of well, what's his name had an amazing season for oh, Oliver Perez. Oliver Perez had an amazing season. Yeah. Thank you for doing yeah, So, I guess we can still count that as going. Yeah, I mean, that kind of counts. Yeah. Uh, it's just everyone else around him fell apart and um. Yeah, um, hey, maybe this Chewy guy will be good. Uh, again, doesn't have amazing numbers, but he's also, like you said, on the cusp. And on the cusp, guys are hard to read one way or the other if you haven't actually watched them a lot or you haven't really rooted around in their numbers a lot. And even in that case, uh, looking at a guy's minor league numbers, unless he's striking at 13 or 14 guys per nine and walking two, I'm not going to be. And even that in that case, I really just want to, you just want to see raw data. You know, you just want to see fastball speed. You want to see curveball break this and things like that. So, um, you know, you look at a trade like this and go, cool, yeah, maybe this will be something. I mean, these are these are not my favorite kinds of trades. They're the ones that raise my eyebrow the most and probably the ones that get most the most copy out of me, quite honestly, because I try. You say these aren't your favorite? I love these kind of trades. These, these are my least favorite trades because they could be, well, they're my favorite trades because they give me something to write about, but they're my least favorite trades because they move the needle for me the least, which is confusing. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because yeah. I'm like, great, I don't know, whatever. And then I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? This guy does this, interestingly, and in a curious manner like this. So, it, get, it you know, it gets my... Yeah, because these little trades are usually getting somebody who does like one unique right. thing really well, so it's more interesting to write about right. than he's an overall great pitcher like James Paxton. He, who right. cares? Exactly. He's good. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. Just to pull a name out of the hat, sure. The Indians it's trade. just a random name. <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever. The Indians tra- trade for James yeah. Pack. I don't know. It's, it's a good idea. Maybe you trade like Justice Sheffield and some two no-name prospects for him. Who knows? Well, if they could pull that trade <laughs> off, that would be an amazing feat. So our next topic is the Yankees traded for, uh, who is this? James pa- Paxton? James Paxton? Um, what? From the Mariners. <laughs> <laughs> for Justice Sheffield, and who cares? Um, the main point here is that they got Justice Sheffield for him. So we can root for the former Indians pitcher who was traded for Andrew Miller again. That's exciting. Thank um, it also kind of means that the Yankees probably aren't going to get Carrasco or Kluber now. If you remember a couple weeks ago, um, right when I think it was right when it started to be eligible to trade, yeah. the Yankees were right there talking to the Indians mm-hmm. um, and Cleveland. The two met in person. Everybody panicked. Kluber's gone. Clearly, they're going to trade for him. Unlikely now. Um, I don't think they would have wanted Justice Sheffield back. Um, at least not the the kind of weak return they got for James Paxton. But I don't think the Yankees are going to want another pitcher now, are they? But 
So well, maybe that's one let's last. Talk, let's talk this out right now, including James Paxton. Uh, their rotation will be Luis Severino, Paxton, Tanaka. Sabathia's got to be fucking retiring, right? He's gone, isn't he? No, he's come back for one more year. Good lord. Um, there's they've also talked. They've they've also been talking. Sonny Gray's about gone. Sonny Gray being traded away, and then what? Domingo Sherman and then Jay Happ. Six guys. Yeah, that, that's. And they're trying to win a championship with that rotation. No, and that's why I think that the Kluber deal idea is not dead, because they do still have players that they could trade away. That would make me not happy because Corey Cooper would be gone, but not satisfied because Corey Cooper would be gone. Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Red Thunder? What's that? Red Thunder? Is that the uh, no, the no, word you're looking no, for? No, I, I don't want him back. I don't think he's going to be a good <laughs> What? Nah. No, I don't. I want, Fraser. I want my Red Thunder and White Lightning back together. Man, wouldn't it I really want... suck if all three of those guys ended up being not good major leaguers? One of them can be good, right? <laughs> One of them. I, I don't care who. One of those three. Like, I mean, I would prefer Bradley Zimmer. Obviously. I mean, if we're talking who we care about. But, like... But in all seriousness, there's there, there there is still a chance that the Indians could trade away Corey Kluber to the Yankees for something. And, or, or, I guess I thought it was minuscule to begin with, and it just made it a little smaller. But I think it's less minuscule than you think, man, because he is going to be surprisingly expensive. Not expensive in the terms of a normal team, but expensive in Indians' terms. Like he's going to be the highest paid player on the team now. And after that, I think it's Edwin, and then after that, it falls down to like Jason Kipnis or something like that. <laughs> Something crazy oh, like that. I think it's you're allowed to take a victory lap here for posting. I think it was the Corey Kluber story you wrote was like three days before the official report that they were shopping oh, him. Yeah. So go ahead and take a little lap I'm there. Happy about um, that. When you posted that, it was kind of a crazy out there theory that they might actually consider trading Corey Kluber. And then clearly the Indians read the article and decided, you know what, maybe we'll shop him. Terrible out good idea. They thought to themselves. I got a lot of comments. I didn't read. I didn't read one. I was like, "No, no, that's a that's a cesspool. I won't walk into. No one will be happy with me. They'll all call me dumb." So yeah, I just I, I don't know what anyone said to me about that one. But thank you. I a lot um, of name calling. I mean, listen, it's it's the logic of of, of small markets. You trade away the team, the, the players that are the best players you have, and. I guess hope to get better young players after it. It's, very, it's all very. <laughs> that's the strategy. Just hope. That's all. That's yeah, all these teams do. Basically, right? hope and you know, you hope your development. And I mean, the fucked up thing about developing players is you can pour all this money into all the you know the facilities and coaches and teachers and stuff, but there really is that X factor of the guy wanting to put the work in. You know what I mean? I mean. Oh yeah, Michael Brantley would not be the player he is without wanting to put the work. And I mean, really, anyone on the the Indians really are a team of overachievers when you look at it. And I think that that does speak well to their scouting department in terms of scouting for makeup more than anything else. I mean, if you look at just across the across the the roster, outside of Lindor, they don't really have. I don't think there's a single first round pick starting for them. Yonder Alonso, I guess, was a first-round pick. Um, and he kind of sucks. And Lindor is far <laughs> and away overachieving everything he's supposed to be. You know, like he was supposed to be a slightly better hitting, uh, what's his name, at Anaheim. Uh, thank you. And if you look at the location, like, it's guy who was supposed to be number three in Kluber, nobody in Clevenger, a, a throw-in in Carrasco, Trevor Bauer, first-round pick, obviously, so he's actually turning something. Shane Bieber, who no one – didn't even hear the name until eight months ago, quite honestly. Just didn't, no idea. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's, and, the, and with the whole motivation thing, like that can just go away in a second. If something's small, you could put so much money and time into a prospect who's great until the last step and then – like something slipped, they lose confidence. They just don't want to anymore, and then all oh, that's down. Yes, the exactly. It's kind of terrifying. So, well, to think it's about it. no, it, it's the, the, the whole psychological aspect, and I, and we've both talked about this before. The psychological aspect of the game is so hard. I mean, it's it's unlike any other sport in that it's it's so goddamn boring so much of the time. I mean, practicing for baseball, all the video you have to watch, like things like that. It's just 
yeah, you have to watch tape and stuff when you play football. But at the end of the day, football is you're running around and running into people. And, you know, it's it's action. Soccer, the same way. Hockey is constantly moving. I mean, basketball is exactly what it is. Yeah, you watch it. But baseball, if you're watching tape, you're watching the same exact movement over and over and over as opposed to hunting for a weakness yeah. throughout a, a series of things. I don't know. So it's so it's so goddamn hard to be good at it and say focused at it. I, I have a hard enough time saying focused fucking writing about it. Good Lord. <laughs> well, when I interviewed Francisco Lindor, which, by the way, is definitely not a shameless plug. Nice. Um, he basically said that that's what makes him so good is that he can stay interested and focused and playing on defense. Like, think of how how small of a mental thing that is that's really so huge. Just Just the fact that you want to keep doing your same repetitive job every day so you can be good at it for 162 days is kind of insane it is and, and, that, and that's part of the incredibly boring part of it too you know i mean if you're a left fielder i mean you know ted williams was famous for this just not paying attention to what's going on when you're in defense he's just thinking about hitting uh, you know much more currently manny ramirez same exact way to, to to be as good as lindor or ramirez are and to be engaged in playing the most defensively centric positions there is or Mike Trout for that matter I assume playing center field is a little bit easier you have a you know a bit more of a margin for error because you you know 350 feet away instead of 90 or whatever it is 120 um yeah no again it's there's just so much waiting around and waiting around until something happens very suddenly and then it's, and then you, nothing happens again I remember watching when I went to um a Nats game uh, this past summer and Harper was playing center field. Bryce Harper I'm talking about, of course. Uh, the ball was not hit to him the entire game. Like, the entire game. Like, and, this, and there was always the worry that, like, oh, again, I, I, I just kind of happened to keep track of it because it's weird. You know, they're, they're playing him in center because they want to keep his bat there and get other bats in the corners. But, again, like, if the ball is just not hit to you all game, and you're just standing there. And, like, the most work you do is kind of jog towards left field as the ball is hit to the left fielder. That's really boring. And I understand, you know, it's, again, saying engage is really the most impre- one of the most impressive things these guys do to, and to grow and get so much better at the sport every every year with it, too. Yeah. It's easy for us because we watch so many positions, but they're just, just doing the one. Yeah, exactly. Over um, and over and over. So, real quick, I wanted to mention before we get to questions um, – Former Indians legend. I'm going to call him a legend. Carlos Santana is apparently on the trading block. The Phillies. What are you doing over there? Um, according to Ken Rosenthal from The Athletic, he said a rival executive says the Philadelphia Phillies are, quote, shopping the hell out of first baseman Carlos Santana with the idea of returning left fielder Rice Hoskins to first. What are you doing, Philly? <laughs> he signed him to a three-year, what was it, 60-something million dollar deal. He's owed $17 million, yeah. basically somewhere around there in 2019, 2020. And he has a buyout in 2020. Um Jesus, Philadelphia. <laughs> Chill out. How can you shop the hell out of an angel? Nice. Second right. of all. Yeah, what the hell are they doing? I don't know. I mean, obviously the glove doesn't play that well. <laughs> although although that's a comment I saw too. It's like maybe they're surprised. Like, oh, the glove isn't that good. He was a great defensive uh, first baseman, right? Maybe they're worried that Reese Hopkins, Hopkins – He was last year. He was worse in 2017. Or are you talking about last year he wasn't that oh, bad? I, I just thought – I don't know. I, I, I didn't watch very many Phillies games last year. I'll 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 be dead honest with you, man. I did go to a to a Philly spring training game. Yes, I did. Great stadium. I recommend it for anyone. Cheap beer, but maybe the real worry is that Reese Hoskins' bat just or glove just does not play in left. Maybe that's the real worry, and that's that's a damning thing to say about a twenty five year old. Uh, yeah. So Reese Hoskins was a point five wins above replacement player this past year. Offensive WAR. 3.4 defensive war negative 3.6 and you get a bit of more of a bonus playing in left than you do it right at first base too that's so maybe he's just shitty at center at outfield and they, and they they realize he's a better hitter and he needs to play uh first base because otherwise know, you know you, sometimes, sometimes in the nl you just end up with dhs by accident and you have to play them somewhere so just just bring my boy back that's all i want I mean, if the real fact is I mean, in, in the balance of baseball, too. And, yes, I agree with you, Matt. I do. I would like him back, too. But in the balance of baseball, <laughs> I mean, if you have a, a guy who can hit real well and isn't that good of a fielder or or a guy who can field real well and hit at a league average rate and they're both uh, first basemen, 
you go with the one who can hit real well, obviously. So also the one who's 25 and costs $500,000 or whatever. It is. <laughs> so, which is not to say the Phillies don't have money. I mean, they're one of the teams that are in the talk for like Bryce Harper and shit. They, they, they have money. They, they, had, they, they were paying Ryan Howard $25 million to be half dead for like four years or something like that. <laughs> so are they still playing? Nah, never mind. He's retired. Okay. No, he's done. He's but, done. Um, I mean, I understand why they're trying to trade him. It's rude, if you ask me. Downright rude. Uh, <laughs> quite frankly, that man is a legend, and how dare you? Yeah, quite quite frankly, he's great. And I would want to go and see, watch him assault the Royals some more, because nothing made me happier than when him just clubbing the hell out of the ball <laughs> at, at the coffin stadium. So, very sad and stupid, and it's it's he looked great in red. He still does. I assume he'll be there in 2019. Well, he could be in red again for the Indians. True. So true, man. I mean, right? Right? <laughs> so every Monday, we ask everybody on Facebook and Twitter. Shade of red. I got to look this up. Do they have a place where I can see like the, the Pantone or whatever? The, the, yeah, the, the, no, the hue of the various reds of uniforms? Because it's the same fucking year. Maybe on Uniwind. While you're doing that, every Monday, we ask everybody on Facebook and Twitter for any questions they want to ask us on the podcast. Um, at Shidology. Or no, I'm going to skip that one. Sorry, buddy. We only got a couple. Um, what was the first one I wanted to do? Oh, this one. So at Son of a Beachy asks, did anyone else notice the lack of team chemistry this year when you compare it to previous years? The team balls from last year, party at Napoli's, et cetera, et cetera. It's just me. Um, so, I mean, it's true. There was no party at Napoli's. There wasn't the, the balls. I think they still did make a couple of them, didn't they? I don't know. But um, I think Mike Napoli's impact itself was huge. Yeah. We talked about this in 2016. He was a big deal. I don't think the, the party at Napoli's missing was a huge thing. That was just kind of fun for fans, I think. But, I mean, there still was, like, the budding Trevor Bauer, Mike Clevenger ro- bromance. There was Jose Ramirez and Mario Kart, and Carlos Grasco is still just a fun clown. Um, I don't know. I think it just doesn't seem that way because it didn't make it all the way to the World Series. I, that kind of inflated things. But I think they're still a pretty fun team and a lot of chemistry. I think they – I mean, listen, I, I kind of got that vibe, too, and I overread a lot of things. So part of it has to be just their – I don't know, like you said, just it, 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 I, they, they didn't make it as far. The team wasn't as good. They struggled a lot. Um, and a bad bullpen can sap the energy of a team as much as it can sap the energy of a fan base. And I think that's part of what happened. So it's just that they were, I think the fact that we were watching them play uphill and also the fact that I think a lot of fans were watching it through the lens of none of this matters. We have to get to the World Series. And, and the players even acknowledged that a few times. You know, it's like we all know what we're being judged against, things like that. Like those, those sorts of things were said. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think there was a less team chemistry. I just think it was a, t- a, a team without energy, I, I guess. And I think that, that was, there was something yeah. that was lacking there. Yeah, I don't think there was ever an issue with like leadership or anything like right. that. Francisco Lindor seemed to step up a lot. Like when fans were booing, he came out and said, "Please don't boo my team." Yeah, and that was exactly. No, and, and I think and I think yeah. that that other side of things too is like I, maybe the the team felt pet pressure from the fan base because the fan base was expectant at that point. You know, so right. Yep. Maybe that's something. Um, and at S Brady artist for our last one here. They'll say, do you think they revisit talks with Texas on Joey Gallo? What kind of price tag would he come with? I want them to. I still want that very large man in my outfield. <laughs> but the Rangers love him. And based on um, what I said last time when the rumors were swirling, apparently Rangers fans love him in the outfield, so don't discredit um, his athleticism. I want him so bad, Merritt. They're not going to get him. He's going to be super expensive. They're going to hold on to him. The Indians seem pretty saddled on these lottery ticket dra- these trades, but, oh, I want him. Hey, you know, I mean – Keep hope alive. What, what more do we have? <laughs> I want him and my big headless boy out As there. As a great, great studs turkle once said, hope dies last, Matthew. Keep, <laughs> keep on hoping for, for Joey Gallo because it can happen. I want to see those missiles blasted <laughs> onto the streets of, uh, of, of Cleveland. Fair or foul, I don't you care. Know- I just, <laughs> yes, I want to see that. What they can do is they can take headless Steven and like erect him in the outfield like the Marlins statue. Okay. And then see if Joey Gallo can like knock his hat and then, off. That's and then what someone wins a free car or something. Or a, yeah, <laughs> bet, there you mean. go. We should be marketing for the Indians. Yeah, Come on, hey, you know how they have that, Steven you know car. They have that car out on the on that pedestal out in center field, the progressive car. Replace that with no. Steven. Wait, why, why isn't there a rule where if you hit that with a baseball, someone gets a free car? I think that should be instead of the the 
<laughs> the, the grand slam inning in the third inning. That, uh, yeah, forget that thing. I just hit the ball, hit the car with a ball, and someone <laughs> wins a car. I like that a lot. They win that car, the one with the shattered windshield. <laughs> Nobody repairs it. You have to. Here do you that. go. You got a free car. Don't complain. You have to pay about taxes it. on it. <laughs> and also fix the. Yeah, also, yeah. Um, can't drive this home. It's it's, uh, it's it's unsafe. On that note, we're going to call the show for today. I don't think we get that much out of a, a middle of the off season, the worst part of the off season show. But there was a lot that kind of no, happened with the Indians. It's been a while. Talked in a couple of days, so you know. So we'll be talking after Thanksgiving. Um, have a good Thanksgiving, everybody. Sad the Indians aren't playing. Browns are playing. Why would they be playing? It's November, Matt, you fool. <laughs> it doesn't mean I don't want it. I still want them to be playing all year Blue long. Jackets, huh? They got a sweet logo with that cannon. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, new logo idea. Cannon. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Straight up a cannon. A cannon. <laughs> See you, Matt. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.